1: Welcome to Allocation Disorder. I am Sam Stasekul, joined as always by my friend and colleague, Paul Tenorio. We are coming to you at 5 in the morning, Qatar time. The wee hours, the weest hours of the morning, following the U.S. men's national team's 1-1 draw against Wales at the World Cup. That's right, we're talking about a World Cup match. Paul, U.S. led for a long time in this game. Almost 50 minutes, in fact. Tim Weah scored in the 36th really good goal. Excellent goal. Very good team goal. A goal that, you know, came off a movement that you and I may have talked about in a previous article and podcast. Uh, We'll talk more about that later. Uh, And the U.S. hung on to that lead for, for quite a long time until Walker Zimmerman fouled Gareth Bale in the box in the 80th minute. Bale then converted the penalty kick in the 82nd. Matt Turner actually got a hand on the shot, but Bale kicked it about 300 miles an hour, so Turner could not keep it out. He put... A lot of heat, a lot of mustard on that one. bail dead. Um, not the ideal results, disappointing fashion to, to have a draw, but it's not the end of the world
2: either. Big picture, what do you make of this game? Well, first of all, I think any time that you're recording a podcast after the morning call to prayer in Qatar, yeah. you're, you're doing it right. This is a very allocation disorder. I've got my hood on. Um, Paul wants to go to bed, you guys. It's like it's like qualifiers, but it's three hours later. Um <laughs> I'm somehow not that tired. I don't know what's going on. My adrenaline started to drop a little bit ago. And and I'm gonna I'm, I, I'm gonna get it back. Don't worry. I'm gonna get I'm not gonna be like full second half usmnt Like I, I'm not gonna be full Wow. Sp- and if I am, I'll be Kellen Acosta at the very end tackling play. Gareth Bale. Um What do i make of this game i thought the first half was really well executed the us had the ball a lot i thought they created some good moments it was the goal that really woke them up the last 10 minutes 15 minutes of the first half i thought they were going to get a second goal they were much more aggressive confident the beginning of the game was as expected i think there were some you know there was a little bit of caution from each side they were trying to figure each other out tentative us had the ball they were kind of okay just playing it around back and forth waiting and looking and trying to pick those moments Um, but you're right the goal came in a way that the U.S. had trained that they were I think that they were anticipating that they'd be able to create space Um, it it came from a, a long ball that was won back in midfield Josh Sargent was checking back pulled the center back out of position ball came I think off of his chest right into the path of Christian Pulisic who in that situation that's exactly what you want you want Christian Pulisic running at defenders um, with the ball in his foot and he pulled them he took a, a little bit of an extra touch to to bring out the two center backs even further and slipped Tim Weah in and at that point Sam I was thinking I think the US is going to win this game like I I, I yeah. thought man this game is this is this is going exactly as the US would have hoped um, but when they came out in the second half Wales made an adjustment keeper Moore came in and what that did was essentially took away what the U.S. was doing really well, which was pressing Wales, preventing them from really playing any kind of soccer. Wales started to, to play long balls. That kept the U.S. from pressing. It gave Wales a, a much better grasp of the game. And mm-hmm. straight up, they were the better team in the second half. Yeah. I, I don't know that they, they had two chances, the two headers back-to-back in the 64th and 65th minutes. Yeah. They weren't really overly dangerous beside that. But I think they deserved at least a point for the way that they played in the second half.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a fair result on balance. I thought the U.S. was was certainly a lot better than Wales in the first half. I was surprised by how passive Wales were in the first half. You mentioned Kiefer Moore coming in in the second and changing things, and he really did. But in the first half, they didn't really play with a striker. And it was just kind of an amorphous blob up top between Bale and Dan James and Aaron Ramsey and sometimes Harry Wilson, and, and it didn't work. There was no focal point. There was no coherent play. There was no coherent movement. There was no outlet. And the U.S., as you mentioned, was able to press pretty effectively and well and create some chances off of that. That changed once they did have the guy, have the guy, have Kiefer Moore come in and be more of a target. I think Rob Page, Wales manager, didn't he have something interesting to say about that in the press conference?
2: yeah i mean he, he kind of said look i take responsibility for for the way the lineup worked in the first half or didn't yeah. work and you know they they looked at what the us was doing they felt like they had a good solution for it and even greg berhalter said in the second half he said it was pretty simple what they were doing the ball was going out to the wingbacks they were hitting it into the channel towards kiefer moore that prevented the U.S. press from working the way yeah. they wanted it to. And he
1: but, held it up and incorporated his teammates yeah, and, into and attack. They,
2: they were playing, you know, Walker Zimmerman talked about it after the game. It went essentially from two up top to three up top. So it went from kind of what was a 3v2 for the U.S. And, and Anthony Robinson was bombing up the field. Virginia so DeS actually stayed home a lot and played it quite, did. quite well and just more discipline I've ever seen him play. Um, and they for felt the U.S. Like anyway. They, they felt like they had a good 3v2 matchup in the first half. And when it became 3v3 it was a little tougher to handle. So, um, I it was a smart adjustment, I, not just from the coaching staff. I thought the, the team Wales executed it. Well, yeah. Um, Veteran
1: scene that's played together a lot over the years, a lot of yeah. big tournament experience.
2: I didn't, I wasn't there for this. I think it might've been early in the mix zone or maybe something that Gareth Bale said on TV back home in Wales. Cause it was a Welsh reporter that asked it in the press conference. Um, but it sounds like Rob page, you know, gave a, a speech at halftime that, that, kind of woke the guys up a little bit, hmm. you know, that, that you're at the world cup and, and, you know, let's see start this, behaving let's like it. This opportunity. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a good response in the second half. If you're the U.S., I think you look at this and you take some lessons from it, right? I, you know, the margins at the world cup are so thin and, you know, look at, look at the penalty. I mean, Walker Zimmerman, his hip is not opened up enough for him to see Gareth Bale. He commits to leaving his feet Gareth Bale sees it happening, is such a savvy player, gets his body in front at the last second. I don't think even going for the ball, just putting himself in a position to get fouled. He does get fouled and and buries the penalty. And, you know, that's what a world-class striker does. Yeah. You know how to make those moments count. And a, a mistake for sure from Walker Zimmerman to leave his feet and not be 100% sure of what was behind him Um but i i think it's also a credit to to Gareth Bale, and it shows you like that was a I went and watched that play over and over and over again because I wrote about it. It was two seconds from when the ball was leaving the foot um for the cross to when Gareth Bale first started to get tackled for the penalty and in it that, took that long in that two seconds, yeah, I mean for like the full play to occur, you know obviously I think bailed, you know, to, to get to the ground and everything. Did you, did you pull out the stopwatch? was two seconds. No, I was just looking on the, on the clock. So basically in that one second between when the ball was played and when Zimmerman hit his foot, he closed that, you know, yard and a half of space to get his body in front. It was just, you could, you could see the recognition in that moment. Um, and it, it's, it's a, a second and a half that changes the whole dynamic of the group Uh, for the remaining games you know this this changes the implications for usa england and what the u.s needs out of that game it changes the implications for iran and wales and the way they look at that game and you know i think for sure for us covering these games it's going to be it's just going to be intense it's going to be a lot over the next few days it certainly is
1: and you know zooming out a little bit you sort of touched on it there at the very end but this was in position to go into Friday against England, tied atop the group with three points. England obviously would have had the lead on goal difference after they they smacked around around six to two earlier on Monday. Um, but you're in a great spot. You're three points ahead. Even a loss, at worst, you're tied for second with Wales or Iran. Now it's a situation. Well, if Iran plays anything like they did against england wales will probably beat them they would be on four points u.s you know i think the most likely outcome is probably a u.s loss to england given the talent that they have on their squad and the way that they played in their group b opener if those two play out you're looking at a situation where england's on six wales is on four u.s is on one iran is out iran would be out of the tournament. The U.S. would be playing them in the Group B finale on next Tuesday. They would need to win that game and then they would need some help. They would need England to beat Wales in their game in order to go through. Then they would have to worry about goal difference or goals scored or maybe even yellow cards, depending on how far down the tiebreaker list you want to go. So the U.S., it's not entirely out of their hands and who knows what's going to happen on Friday, but I think the two outcomes that most people are going to be predicting, a Wales win and a U.S. loss, it would put the the Americans in some really, really, really difficult circumstances heading into that last group stage game. And, and that, for me, is the main, that's the most important takeaway of the night. Um, and, and so, you know, we'll see how it goes on Friday. Nothing's written yeah. in stone. I mean, you, but you know
2: what you're rooting for now if you're a U.S. fan, right? You want at least a draw, and obviously, in an ideal win, a world, oh, no. ideal world, a win for the U.S. Yeah, boy, this this 5:15 a.m. thing is getting to me. Um, and you're rooting for Iran to get a result. Yeah, you um, want to draw in that game, or even an Iran win. You know, if if you get if Iran wins, you go into that last game with even with one point, um, and and Wales going up against England with one point, you beat Iran yeah the odds are in your favor there yeah you're at least controlling your own your own future yeah you're rooting for iran to get a result you're rooting for the u.s to get a result and that's 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 your black friday wish list right there that's what you're that's what you're shopping for you're
1: putting in your shopping cart that's right are you waking up at 5 a.m to go to best buy absolutely all right cool um so that's the big picture uh we talked a little bit about some of the granular elements of the game already as well but let's wind it all the way back let's go to the lineup paul our lineup prediction wasn't good I'm just going to say it. No one should listen to us ever. Uh, Shaq Moore not only did not start, I don't think he warmed up at any point in the match. If he did, I didn't see him. Uh, I don't recall. (laughs) um, Sergino Dest did get the nod. Matt Turner, of course, was in goal center back. That was one of the areas uh, that, that was really worth keeping an eye on obviously Walker Zimmerman, Tim Ream paired him. Um, that's not a combination that you or I expected. We thought Aaron Long would start given the speed of Wales over the top, the physicality. We saw the U S struggle on some set pieces after more came in, but I think by and large outside of that one tackle, which was a little bit important, uh, Ream and Zimmerman did pretty, pretty well, I
2: would say. Yeah, I mean the, you, they didn't have you, much to do in the first half. Yeah, the first half it was like the exact game you want with those two. Um the second half a little bit less so. I thought, you know, we saw a little of the danger especially after the penalty kick goal when that game opened up. That's when you saw the danger of having Reem and Zimmerman together. Um certainly that last moment where Bale you know, was looking at an empty net. Matt Turner was 25 yards away from goal before (laughs) Kellen Acosta came. I keep keep forgetting that happened. The reason that happened was because Turner came way out of his goal (laughs) because it was a long ball that got played over and Tim Ream was isolated in space with like 30 yards behind him. And Matt Turner was like, I can't let this turn into a foot race over like more than like five yards.
1: I need to watch that play again because what I remember in the press box, I think I turned to you and said this, like there was like a good three or four seconds after Turner headed the ball and Bale picked it up or something I think it was yeah, I think it was that and I looked back onto the field and it looked like Turner was in the same exact spot he was when he headed the ball I was like what is he doing
2: how come he's not running back yet I thought he'd be farther he was running back when he was doing one of those like constantly looking over his shoulder so you're not really moving like you need to go at least on a 10-yard sprint before you start looking over your shoulder <laughs> again you know, you gotta at least just put your head down for ten yards and go straight full back, bore. straight back. Especially if you're a goalkeeper, because you're you're not you know where you're, like, you're running. You're like Tom Brady running the forty yard dash. You know what I mean? You're not really yeah. moving like college Tom Brady. Not that's, that's what I'm saying. Not plastic surgery TB12 Tom that, Brady. Exactly right. Yeah, he's definitely gotten faster. You know? Tom Brady. He's more aerodynamic now. Certainly, those cheekbones. I mean, incredible. Yeah. Anyways,
1: we they're, they're Who's got more defined cheekbones, Tom Brady or Harry Wilson?
2: call
1: well we'll never know um it's five in the morning uh <laughs> sorry looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard it right you can talk to a real human in customer service any time sounds like a real game changer if you ask me Back, back to the game, Paul. Um, you know, so, so we had that, that lineup at center back. Anthony Robinson at left back played extremely high. You know, we, we were talking in the build up to the game. Will Eunice Musa drop deeper? Will Robinson push higher? Open up maybe some space for Polisic in the middle? We saw that happen today. Wea stayed high and wide. I thought that was, that was important. Midfield was McKenney, Musa, and Adams. Uh, Adams did his thing defensively as he always does, um, with the ball, had some okay moments, had some less than okay moments. McKenney and Musa were, for me, in and out. Uh, I think they've had stronger games. Musa, in particular, was a little bit, he, I thought he had a little bit of a rough one, struggled with cramps at the end. McKenney came off, I think, in the 65th or so. Uh, he, of course, was battling some fitness concerns, so that seemed to be a, a relatively planned thing. He was, he was a little bit gassed. Dest, same boat when he came off. And then up top, you had Josh Sargent instead of Jesus Ferreira. And then, as expected, Pulisic and Weah. Um, what did you make? We talked about the center backs. What did you make of the midfielders?
2: Yeah, I mean I again it's actually kind of hard to judge the first half because the US had 66% Wales was so possession. passive. They it were was, so passive. It was it was you know it was easy. The first half was easy. They they were on the ball, they were moving it around, they were knocking it, they, they there there was they didn't really have to be too dynamic. There were a few times where Eunice Musa finally started to carry the ball forward and try to force some pressure, especially after the goal. I actually thought if you, I, I'd like to rewatch the game tomorrow. I thought the best, you know, 15 minute stretch for the US was from that, you know, the minute or two leading into the goal and yeah, then everything. The after, rest of the half, yeah. You know, they they got confident. It, it wasn't just that they were on the ball; now they were on the ball and pushing the. Pulisic game. Palicki in particular, was, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, he was pumping up the crowd, waving his arms at them. He was feeling it. Um. So yeah, I, I think when I look at the first half too, it, it reinforced to me that. The U.S. is best with Anthony Robinson and Tim Weah on the field because of the vertical threat that they provide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have a lot, the U.S. has a lot of guys that want to check in, find the ball, get it on yeah. its feet. Um, we saw how that worked against Japan. Yeah, and Saudi Arabia too. To an extent, um, yeah. I think I think that you see, you see those runs on the outside from Anthony Robinson, from Tim Weah, that, that they can open things up for you. And Weah, that's how they scored. Yeah, that was did. that was like a, the textbook play for sure. Getting into that space and behind after Sargent checked in, pulled the uh, pulled the center backs out. Christian Pulisic gets on the ball. Tim Weah starts making that run in behind the the center backs, and uh, and then a nice finish from him as well. So, you know that that's great set ball to from Pulisic to set up as well for sure, and and um, just a nice overall play from from the U.S. I think there wasn't be, there wasn't quite enough of that though yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what stays the same, what changes because you you have to be anticipating a totally different game against England. yeah, you know what types of players do you want out there? How much are you going to try to control the midfield? How much are you going to try to put guys in there who can help you defend? Mm-hmm. I think you're going to have to be organized defensively. um but I thought you know overall in this game for the u s there's not a ton to complain about. Even when I, it's tough, Sam, you and I are doing a lot of writing during the second half. You know, Greg Berhalter said some of these subs that he had to make, he felt like he, you know, injuries and cramping caused some of those subs. I, I'm interested to see how that impacts games going forward. Well, these teams are training in the heat. The U.S. played at 10 p.m., so it was not hot. But I thought it was interesting that so many of them it wasn't fans, cold. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was a little humid tonight. It, it wasn't. Uh, it's cooler down there on the field, from what I understand, with the air conditioning. Yeah. But I will say that, like, I thought that was interesting that so many guys cramped up. Eunice Musa cramped up. Tim Wea cramped up. Sergio Des cramped up. Mm-hmm. Um. And and I also I just think that um that as these games continue, I don't know if it's like the emotional side of it. I don't know that it's if it's. The fact that these guys are training in heat, I I don't know what it is that was causing that. I'm interested to see if that causes teams to go with a little bit more rotation. Hmm. Because I think the other factor here is the injury time. FIFA came out and said, we want more game action. It's the
1: MLS World Cup. They
2: had, what was it, 10 minutes in the first half and nine minutes in the second half? I think it
1: was 13 for England. Oh,
2: it was crazy. Oh, we're talking about this game tonight. Yeah.
1: Was it ten in the first half?
2: I think it was. I think it was ten or something like that. It was wow. crazy. Was
1: I blacked out?
2: I don't know. I, I, might, didn't be, notice I that. might be totally delusional, but I just think that, like you know, by the end of the second half. <laughs> It was that lasted forever. 99th minute. Our, our, the uh, tackling Gareth Bale. Yeah. Like these guys were exhausted. You're, it, I, It's going to add up. It's going to have an impact on yeah. this game.
1: You saw Wales cramping up too. A lot yeah. of their players kind of trying to stretch out. So that was part of it. Um, Paul, you mentioned, you, you just talked, to, I think, for two whole minutes about the subs and you didn't mention Gioranis' name one time. There's a reason for that. He didn't sub into the game. Well, yeah, but the, I think there's some controversy here. So you mentioned that a good number of the subs were sort of forced by fitness or injury. Certainly McKenney, Dest and Musa fall into that group. There was a fourth sub, Josh Sargent come, came out for Haji, right? Um, those four subs happened while the U S were up a goal. I thought for the most part, they made sense. These guys were more gassed or, in the case of Wright and Sargent, you know you bring on a, a big body that can help out with defending set pieces when you were struggling with that.
2: Or that you play long balls exactly. to break pressure that and you hope you well. can win
1: it hold yep. it up. Yep, so I thought all of those made sense with a 1-0 lead. Then Wales equalizes. You got one sub remaining, and ideally you bring on a guy that can help you get a goal there. I was thinking, okay, it's Gio Reyna time. Let's see what he's got. It was not Gio Reyna time. Jordan Morris came in. You know, limited minutes didn't really do all that much, good or bad. Uh, and after the game, Burhalter was, was asked about Reina and why he didn't bring him in. Paul, you were in the press conference.
2: I was out in the mix zone talking to players. What what did he say? Well, what he said was that they were being a bit cautious uh, with Reyna, that there had been some tightness uh, for Reyna. We know that there's been issues with the hamstrings that have been quite extensive, actually, for G. Reyna. Yeah. Held him out for an, almost an entire season caused some problems already this year Giorana pulled himself out of a game in September because of tightness in his hamstring and, and missed a couple games when we went home after that window um, but I thought what was more interesting was that he said look in in the game the way the game was unfolding we felt that Jordan gave us what we needed speed and power and I would agree that those aren't wouldn't be the two words that I would use for Giorena to describe him as a player, no. though I will say during the roundtables this week, I forget which player it was that was speaking about Giorgana, but he was saying just how strong he is, how difficult he is to move off the ball. <laughs> Despite that, it's not the kind of power Greg Berhalter was no, talking about today. No. The game was opening up like crazy. after It was after wide the open. It was going back and forth, and I think Greg Berhalter wanted somebody who would run in behind the lines when things got crazy, and that's what Jordan Morris does. He's fast and he can run, and I and I think also in a kind of a back and forth environment like that, there might have there might have been actual concern about putting Giorena into yeah. that that type of environment, considering his history with injuries. Now, but Gio Reyna said. I, I walked out of the press conference and I went into the mix zone room, and Giorena was talking to two people, and I said, I bet I'm gonna go ahead and just cozy on up, mosey on up to uh, to Gio and ask him. And he said, I'm I'm good to go. I'm good to go. It was a coach's decision. So uh, he's 20 years old. He always thinks he's good to go. Um, but it does strike me because Gio pulled himself out of a game in September. It's not like yeah, he's so, – Yeah, so he doesn't he always acts, think he's good he to go. He acts willy-nilly. He doesn't. He, he's, this is an injury he has to be conscious of all the time. Um, look, I, Berhalter also said tonight Geo Rana is going to play a big role for this team. It's just a matter of when – when Gio Reyna gave his I thought what struck me too as the more as we came back on the bus I was thinking about it this week Gio Reyna spoke in the roundtables with reporters and he said that he was his next step in his recovery and working with Dortmund was playing back-to-back games that he had only just been cleared to start playing back-to-back games the U.S. obviously playing three games in 12 days or whatever at the World Cup. So I didn't expect him to start three games. I, I did expect him he to play. He has been playing back to I did to back expect games. him to play. He just he got there. He hasn't, been, like, he hasn't his, been starting back-to-back That back was his games. next phase of, that Dortmund had put in his sure. plan. Um, but I did expect him to get like a, a 20-minute run out today yeah I, I, did I was expecting that I,
1: th- I, I wasn't shocked by it when they were winning 1-0 that he wasn't sure. coming in but once once it went to 1-1 I did think that that change would be made it was not uh they could certainly use his his kind of skill and ability
2: against I England feeling, I have a feeling Gio Renis is going to start against England on Friday really yeah hmm. but I also had a feeling Shaq Moore was going to start tonight so I don't think he will yeah we'll see I think there's maybe a little bit more to the injury than meets the eye maybe maybe Gio I, maybe Gio doesn't want to give an indication of it Perhaps a little gamesmanship wouldn't be the first
1: time. Um, so, yeah, for me, the U.S. had a difficult time against Wales, but everyone has a difficult time against Wales. Every, basically, every attack was shunted to the flank. There were a lot of crosses. Very few of them were accurate. Uh, really, Paul, I'm, I'm struggling to remember, apart from the, the early one that Sergeant got on the end of and hit the post, Really, like a single one that led to anything dangerous at all for the U.S. Um, you know, I was talking to some other reporters in the mix zone, and that was a big point of criticism for them. Uh, for me, this is what Wales does—they're difficult to break down. They're packing guys centrally and deep, and that's the whole point of a low block. It's—it's it's to be hard to play through. And so the U.S. tried to play around it and then over it with some crosses didn't really work i did think that they had a few nice moments particularly on the goal there were a couple of other plays in i think early second half i want to say um didn't musa get free into the box on one there were a couple a couple near cutback attempts that were cut out by wales at the last second so there were a few good moves down that way Um, but wales
2: for the most part made it really hard for the u.s to break them down yeah that's who they are i mean i'm going back through their results over the last year they've given up more than two goals once in a game dating all the way back to last june so that was the four nothing loss to denmark at the european championship since then yeah you know they've given up two goals here and there to teams like belgium yeah i mean you go way back they they gave up they, they beat belarus 3-2 in a world cup qualifier czech republic they, they drew 2-2 but other than that the times they gave up goals are yeah to quality quality world cup opponents Poland Netherlands Belgium yeah um, all teams that i would say have more dangerous attackers than the US. Holland does. being the only team to to score more than two goals against them dating back to that game goes all the way back to Denmark which is another world cup yeah. team so th- this is what this is who they are um 1-1 is not a result that shocks me no. i think if we had come out and said hey it's going to be a 1-1 result like everyone would have been like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's probably like a a result that I could see happening. It's what happened. Um, and now it's about how do you recover physically? How do you recover emotionally? Because the U S that is one thing actually,
1: Paul, just to, just to kind of cut you off. Sorry. Um, the moment didn't look bit too big for these guys at all. Like I didn't think that was really something that, that factored in whatsoever uh Tim Reem he spoke about it after the match someone asked him hey you're the old guy here Tim you're 35 everyone else is a lot younger than you are how do you think they handled this this moment and he was like oh yeah they were they were totally fine no concern at all no worries there whatsoever and i agreed with that assessment so i think from that standpoint i'm not worried about them from an emotional point of view i thought they were pretty level-headed for the most part tonight when i was speaking with a lot of players and i spoke i think i spoke to or heard probably eight of them and, and it was uh, the the mood I would say was pretty uniformly disappointed but not like overly disappointed to the point that it becomes detrimental so I think I think it was the correct kind of emotional response and from that standpoint I think they'll be in a good place on friday for england yeah
2: and 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 they i think a lot of the players i saw they talked about that they still have belief that they can get a result against england yeah and you know greg berhalter i think put it really well when he was asked in the press conference about that idea of of recovering emotionally how do you help these guys get over this late goal that you give up and and prepare for the next game and he goes well it's england at the world cup if you can't get up for that you know yeah, that's a problem. That would be a problem. Uh, they're not going to need much motivation. It's England. It's the World Cup. I think they're going to be ready, um, but I do think there is a little bit of a recovery period that comes out of a physically game like this. for sure. Physically for sure. Yeah, I think a little bit mentally, emotionally coming down from from it, and you know, settling into the fact that you are at the World Cup and understanding the task at hand. Now, uh, go get a result against England, and 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 then you can control your own destiny, and, yeah. and that's where the U.S sits right now. Yeah. Um,
1: I think for the most part, it was a fine performance. It wasn't great. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't bad. It was fine. There's some issues. There's some things that that need cleaning up for sure. Time's a little bit sloppy. Time's the decision-making could have been better. Uh, At times, maybe the defending could have been a little bit less, less ditch. But I think for the most part, the U.S. did, did okay. And a decent place to build on. I am curious, you know, this Wales game was a tough matchup stylistically for the U S England is obviously more talented than Wales. I think more talented than the Americans as well. Um, but from a stylistic point of view might suit them a little bit better. So we'll see. I'm not sure if they would need to hang on in the back and England put up with the old Six spot today, so that's a little, little terrifying. Yeah. You never. There never, might be more opportunities in transition potentially.
2: Yeah, you never choose guys like Saka and Foden running. Jude Bellingham's Jim's okay. Jude Bellingham's yeah. a decent player. Harry Kane's all right. Yeah. So look, a lot of challenges defensively first and foremost. I think some difficult choices in how they structure midfield, the way they organize themselves defensively, and and through that kind of the types of players that they play. I think they're going to try to find guys who can play under pressure, who can help them hold the ball. I think that's one good way to defend teams that are better than you is to try to keep the ball off their feet as much as possible. Um, but you also need to have a team that is able to, to, to transition. I think that's it's where – It's a match, England, athletically. Yeah, I think that's where the midfield comes into play. I, and, I, and I do think all three midfielders can play better. Tyler Adams was very good tonight. Um, but but Eunice and Eunice Musa and Weston McKenney, especially, not, not their best performances, no. and they need those two, or Brendan Aronson if he's starting that game for. I thought Aronson, M- I thought Aronson was okay. I think I'm saying yeah, I, I if McKenney can't yeah. start, I think if it's Musa and Aronson or if it's Musa and McKenney, I think you need you need those guys to play really well against England to have a chance.
1: Yeah, well, there's no doubt about that. You need basically everybody to play really well against England for you to have a chance. Will that happen? Well, Paul. That remains to be seen. We will be talking very much about it on The Athletic, on The Athletic Soccer Show feed, probably some other places too. Thank you guys for listening and supporting and subscribing. We appreciate you going on this journey with us. Uh, It was, you know, I will say, Paul, we've done a lot of anthem talk on, on our podcast, our various podcast platforms in the past. The Wales one was pretty cool tonight and and the US one was was cool as well not maybe not as vocally cool um but just being there in the stadium for an occasion that is you know pretty massive it's a world cup match um that was a cool moment i know for me i'm sure it was for you too um and yeah england will be uh i don't know i'm trying to think of an english word for excited chuffed mate martha <laughs> That one's for Felipe us. See if he's listening this far into the show. I'm Sam. He's Paul. We're going to go to sleep. Thanks for listening to Allocation Disorder.